Well, it's been a party around here since about 2.45 on Saturday afternoon, and I'm happy to report, Parker Thune, that since the Hail Mary fell innocently to the turf, incomplete, and OU won the game 34-30, the party really hasn't stopped around here. And I really got that feeling last night when the social media video for OU was released, the video that we've all watched Not once, not twice, not three times, but at least ten times up to this point. The party. Oh, that's all. Yeah, yeah. I step up your game, Tyler. I I, I know I've been busy today prepping for the show, but dude, this party has not stopped since Saturday, and it's amazing. Last night, today, like Stutzman being on uh, Pat McAfee's show, it's a bye week, and we're not ready to stop partying just yet. What a twenty-four hours it's been. What a four or five day stretch it's been. But especially last night, that was incredible, dude. Absolutely incredible. That's why you invest in capable creatives if you're a Power 5 athletic program. Well, I mean, seriously, but uh, let's let's bring up that point, right? Because, you know, Danny is the best linebacker that OU's had since at least Kenneth Murray, right? I think that's the obvious player that we can go back to, Kenneth Murray, who was a first-round pick. And I think Danny was having the sort of year where he is – on track to be a Buckus finalist. I think that he was going to be looked at as a legend when he leaves, but do you agree that his legend status, you know, um, grew even more last night after that social media uh, social media video was released? Because, Parker, that could <laughs> well, go down as one of the more favorite OU quotes that we've seen in the past 50 years. Yeah, well, I mean, let's think. Burnt orange makes me puke from the boss. Yes. Hang Pe- half a hundred on their ass. Well, Switzer's got a bunch. People don't know what it means to be champions. Oklahoma invented it. Um, Yeah, man, like... The legend of Stutzman (laughs) grew last night. It did. (laughs) Because people don't don't get to see that side of him. You know, they know him for his excellent play on the football field. They know him for his social media bromance with Jaron Kanick. They don't get to see Danny Stutzman through the lens of emotional leadership very often. Yeah, and that's all that you needed to see. Like You saw him in his element before the game, which, by the way, if this was ever in question, I don't think it was. Danny Stussman, the leader of that defense, he's the leader of that football team as well. And, and you can throw in Dylan Gabriel and some others, but Danny Stutzman feels like he leads the way for that team. But his legend grew last night with that quote. It's already on a T-shirt. I'm sure those T-shirt sales are going crazy. We're going to remember Danny Stutzman for a lot of things. But we're going to remember what he said because it was a great quote, but it was a great quote about the team and the program that you hate the most yep. and in a game that they end up winning. It was, it, last night was just incredible, man. That is um, – I think that might be the best social media video that I've ever seen before. Well, I think it was that gosh, good. Gosh, man. And just, just to see that side of Stutzman emerge in the public eye – to give fans an inside glimpse at what that camaraderie and leadership looks like within the locker room. That's what Oklahoma has lacked for yeah. three, maybe four years now at this point. Because ever since Kenneth Murray departed, the Sooners, in terms of leadership within the program, within the roster, have kind of been a rudderless ship. There's never been that one guy that has seized the bull by the horns and said, this is my team. At least not in the sense that you see Danny Stutzman standing there in the middle of the locker room and pumping everybody up. Dylan Gabriel's a leader. Let's not get it twisted. But his leadership style is, is subdued. It's much like yeah. that of Kyler Murray, right, where nobody questions that 
look, at the end of the day, it's the quarterback's football team. Nobody questions that Dylan Gabriel is that guy for Oklahoma. But they haven't had an emotional leader like that since Kenneth Murray. Yeah, uh, maybe even as far back as, I mean, if you just want to go through the entire team, maybe as far back as, uh, as Baker Mayfield. And I, I just think the defensive expectations within their own walls are different. Um, I think it used to be, well, if we give up points here, if we you know, give up 30 points, it's fine. Our offense is going to be able to bail, them, bail us out. That's not the expectation. Like Everything has changed inside those walls defensively. Defense, I think they kind of lead the charge right now. Um, I think that's how it should be over there. I mean, all, 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 of it's, all of it's welcome. All of it's welcome. And just kudos to OU and their social media team for what they put out last night. That was awesome. And you helped the legend of Danny Stutzman uh, grow even more last night, which is, uh, which is pretty incredible. Lost City Sooner says, I think I'll go buy a Longhorn brisket to keep the celebration go. going. Uh, address, Lost City Sooner. i got a bye week. i got a free Saturday. So just let me know where to go. I would like to uh, enjoy some of that Longhorn brisket, please. Uh, what, what was that? I, I just lost it, actually. It was Blue of 918. Hey, Parker and Tyler, how does totally dominating Texas affect OU recruiting? Booma. Well, if you want to go off of uh, recent predictions that are in, like what predictions do you have in right now? You've got Michael Boganowski, yep. Eddie Pierre-Louis, yep. Daniel Akinkumi, and yep. this is just 2024. Am I, am I missing anyone? Bricks. There's a prediction in for Bricks? Mine. Oh, okay. I was looking more, more new, but yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah no, that, no, that like, one's in. Since, since things went final at the Cotton Bowl on Saturday – you have seen a massive surge of predictions from experts in favor of Oklahoma for Michael Boganowski and EPL. Yeah, so, so well, I, it, it feels like it's pretty good right now. Blue is is what I would say. Feels like it's uh, heading in the right direction. There, there was an article that said as much, and and I'll get to it later on this hour. But it also said that well, the game was so great that Texas is going to enjoy some recruiting momentum as well. Which I, I thought, it, huh? I okay, don't really know like, if that's how that. It, it, it was OU and Texas will have the same amount of recruiting momentum and momentum overall as programs after that game on Saturday. I just I've like, never I I've never that. done a commitment interview where the kid was like, "Yeah, I visited Oklahoma for the Kansas State game, and man, they lost, but everything was just so great <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that I was sold on OU at that point." Are you ready to be on British Summertime tomorrow morning? British Summertime is what we're all going to be on. Gosh, that's right. I, I saw BST. I, I saw BST, yeah, BST. And I'm like, I'm going to Google this to make sure that it's not like a Britain's Standard Time or something. Nope. British Summertime is what we're going to be on tomorrow. Uh, because Daniel Akinkumi is going to decide at 2 p.m. British Summertime. And they are six hours ahead. Six hours ahead. So that's going to happen for us tomorrow morning for Daniel Wakankumi. Yes. 8 a.m. Be up early. That would be a nice way to to wake up and get around, get to work, is, oh, we got a uh, another really good offensive lineman in the 2024 class. That'll be a – Oh, wow, so you're locking him in. Uh, we don't call him Daniel Wakankumi <laughs> on the show for nothing. So, yes, I am sticking with my prediction here. Why don't we go cover this recruitment? Do you think you if we left, you don't? I don't. I don't think we have enough time. We don't have enough time now. Think about it. It's it. already eight p.m. British <laughs> or uh, whatever. British Brit- summertime. British summertime. There you go. British summertime tomorrow morning at eight a.m. here locally. It'll be Miami. It'll be OU. It'll be Baylor. It'll be Clemson. It'll be Ole Miss. Uh, that will be live on Daniel Akinkumi's 
YouTube page, which will be pretty cool. I want to see if the number one player in England handles things like an elite player in the States, where 8 a.m. local means like 8.15, 8.20, maybe even 8.30. We'll, we'll see if he's prompt with his uh, announcement time tomorrow. Because I am all too familiar, as are you, of, all right, well, here's the time that's really going to be 30 minutes after the fact. What's, what's the stereotype? Help us out. Are Brits typically prompt? Are they typically punctual? Or are they typically operating on their own time? Aren't the, the Germans are normally prompt, right? I don't, I don't no, know, I don't, I, I don't I don't know, know about the Brits. Yeah, text line, help us out. This seems like something the text line will thrive with. Oh, yeah. 405-651-3439. I'm sure we've got at least a couple listeners from across the pond. Uh, Okie Tom says, Devon Jordan to OU. That's a question mark, I, not a statement. Mm, all I'm going to say is there is a reason you do not see a single prediction in anywhere in the industry for Devon Jordan. And that is because there have been times where it felt like Oklahoma was gaining some momentum, but it's always felt like a toss-up. And it's never really felt like a certainty that he would end up at Oklahoma or anywhere else for that matter. I mean, he's pretty fresh off an official visit to TCU. He really likes Texas A&M. I don't think he's a take at Alabama. At least that's not what it seems like to me. Then you got Oklahoma State in the mix too. So I, that kid, I don't know where his head is at, and it's hard. It's very hard to gauge. So but, this one could be uh, going on for a few more weeks, is what it sounds like. Yes, with Devon Jordan, I felt pretty good coming out of the uh, the, the Tulsa weekend when he shows up at the pregame show uh, and hanging out with OU fans and you know having a good time. But that was you know a, a lot can change in a few weeks in uh, in recruiting, especially when it's your when it's your senior year. But as murky as it may be, OU sounds like definitely has a chance here still. Well, absolutely, and winning mix. helps with a kid like that. Yeah. Right? Because if a kid has – if he's got a pull to multiple schools, if he's got things he likes about multiple programs, and you need something to be the deciding factor, you need something that you can put in front of the kid and say, okay, tell us no now. Well – Starting out 6-0 and with arguably the biggest, most important win in all of college football to this point in the season. That's a pretty good set. And I'm guessing he knows Gentry Williams. Gentry in there playing as a second-year guy, making as many plays as he is. I mean, I guess you never really know what a big factor is, but a Tulsa kid making big plays on a sure. stage, I mean, and doesn't ever hurt. Yeah, I mean, he's a union kid, so he was yeah. teammates with Jaden Rowe. Yeah. Obviously, Jaden Rowe isn't the only union redskin or Red Hawk, I guess, these days on Oklahoma's roster. Uh, you got Jordan Kelly that's a union guy as well. So uh, that might not be all. I don't I don't know how many walk-ons they have from up there. But, yeah, I, the it's going to be tough for Devin Jordan to say no to Oklahoma, especially now that they're winning. But I'm just – I'm really not sold yet on Oklahoma being the call. Micah Norman says, Brits have to have tea on time. Anything else – Punctuality is optional, so that's good to hear. 405 Brits are highly punctual, says that texter. Um, 918 Brits were late in a bridge too far in World War II. I am a big World War II movie buff. Uh, I am. Bridge too far, though, not not one of my uh, top fives, but still a, still a nice pull there. Chris in the 918 said, a wizard is never late. He arrives exactly the time he's meant to. Mm. Yeah, it'll it'll happen uh, seemingly one way or the other. Unless you'd like to add some suspense 
going into tomorrow for Daniel Locke and Kumi. Would you like to take this opportunity to do so or get up at 8 a.m. so you can see your next commits? I'm hearing Baylor has thrown a massive <laughs> NIL bag at Daniel Locke and Kumi. But will it get across the pond in time to reach him is the big question mark. Will it make it across the pond? Will Daniel Locke and Kumi have the bag by 2 p.m. British summertime tomorrow? That's what we're watching. Instead of uh, Somebody divert the ship. Instead of watching uh, Flight Radar, we're, we're watching the, the ship as it crosses the pond there to see if it's going to make it on time. Oh, yeah. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Yeah, a lot of Cruton to get to, a lot of OU football to get to. We'll do it coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and of course the Ref Army as well. Akron, Ohio is tuned in via the free Ref app. Just search KREF in the App Store. Springfield, Mississippi, or excuse me, Springfield, Missouri. Sylvania, Georgia, Dwight, Illinois. Eureka, Utah, Muskego, Wisconsin, Greenbrier, Arkansas, McKinney, Texas, and our small Oklahoma town of the day, Warica, Oklahoma. Is that Warica's first appearance for the small town I, of the day? I believe so. How about yeah, that? I think that's a first timer. To the show Warica down south. Ref Army Locator brought to you by Affordable Door Company. They compromise on the price, but not on the quality. Visit them online. At AffordableDoor.net. That's AffordableDoor.net. Affordable Door Company. Uh, Okay, a lot more Michael Boganowski predictions are rolling in. He's announcing in eight days. We'll get to that. But we did have a top five drop for 2025. Rivals three-star linebacker Marcus James out of uh, Carl Albert in Midwest City. It's OU, it's Utah, it's A&M, it's Arkansas, and TCU. What's most notable there about Marcus James' top five? What's the most important thing? Well, he hadn't, hadn't really spent a whole lot of time at any of those other four schools. Let's put it to you that way. I, I very much expect that Oklahoma is going to be the choice for Marcus James. Didn't a recent and prediction come in for him last week, week before? Yeah, you Marcus started James? to see some fly in, and I, I future-casted him to Oklahoma at the end of July. Uh, things have been moving very well and very steadily there for quite some time uh, at Oklahoma. So fully expect that he is going to join high school teammates Kevin Sperry and Xavier Robinson in pledging to the Sooners. That would be the third, um, like Carl Albert's current team. Yep. That would be their third commit. And what Carl Albert has five OU offers on its team. Really the question is, everyone that OU's offered from Carl Albert's should we be and, and you understand what I mean when I say concern, but is, is there a chance that OU doesn't get all five offers that they've sent out to Coral Albert kids? Five, six, whatever it is. Yeah, sure, there's a chance. And I, I, I would say the guy that is most how and how do I put this? The one that I think if one were to get away, the one I think it would be is probably Trene Washington, just because I'm not really sure what position he fits at Oklahoma seems like more of an offensive guy than a defensive guy to me right now but when you're already in very good shape for Nate Roberts and Desan Brame at the tight end position I mean again you, you can't really say no to Trene Washington but I don't know that you're emphasizing your sure. pursuit of him as much right now as the other four Carl Albert guys because he plays at a position where you're only taking one or two every year and the two that you're recruiting right now most heavily in 2025 
are dudes. I uh, believe Marcus James has an Oklahoma State offer, and Oklahoma State didn't make the Final Five for Marcus James. Don't know uh, exactly what that recruitment has looked like from Oklahoma State or how Marcus James, well, it's pretty obvious how he feels about him. He didn't put him in the top five, but interesting uh, nonetheless. In-state kid, and he's got Utah and A&M in there instead of uh, Oklahoma State. Yep. So hmm. South Alabama, that'll do it. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, not won't give you a whole lot of recruiting momentum if you lose to uh, South Alabama. Uh, more Michael Boganowski predictions are rolling in, by the way. Uh, that one's happening in eight days. I've seen at least three Boganowski predictions coming in. Yeah, well. I uh, mean, it, like the overwhelming thought now is OU over Kansas State, I guess. Looks like the uh, the fish bits pick yesterday. Yes, started got the, the ball started rolling. The, <laughs> let's go, fish bits. Train officially left the station, courtesy of fish bits. So Kansas State, um, you might need to uh, a, a miracle might need to happen. Your uh, NIL bag might need to make it down to uh, Junction City uh, in eight days or something because it really feels like uh, the momentum's been trending towards OU and it feels like that's yeah. Well, what Michael Pogan. I mean, the NIL like. bag would not have to travel nearly as far as it would for Daniel Akinkunmi, but <laughs> that's true. Yeah, no, Oklahoma feels like the pretty safe choice there. Craig, uh, Greg and Muskogee is Jordan a highly ranked recruit? If not then what is he waiting on, or is he just scared of the competition in the room already at Oklahoma? I mean, he's just hes not 100% sold on OU. And that, like that's fine. He's got a DB coach at Union that went to TCU, so there's been some heavy interest in TCU there. Uh, TJ Rushing, Paul's Valley Zone, has done a really good job recruiting him to Texas A&M. So I, I consider it a battle between those three schools right now. Chris in the 918, uh, Baylor's NIL isn't in Euros, so I feel good. That's true. They sent over cash instead of Euros for uh, Daniel Lockenkumi's uh, NIL pitch. Hmm. It's not going to make it over yeah, there in time gonna, anyway. Going to need a couple of additional hours to do the conversions. Uh, Mike, oh, I already read that one from uh, Mike and Norman. Jim and Arlington, my brother and I were born in Lakenheath and Milden Hall, England. My dad was in the U.S. Air Force. Is Daniel... A British citizen, or is he an American with military parents? We got to get in depth here with the uh, Akinkumi uh, commit here. Yeah, I don't think, he, but he and his mom both have very, very thick, very pronounced uh, English accents. So. A- as confirmed by the uh, YouTube video that he did for the OU Arkansas State game, game one of the year. Yeah. That was uh, that was cool. Did you catch any of the highlights with uh, of Stutzman on the McAfee show? By the way. No, I did that. I think I don't know if it switches from ESPN to ESPN two at the top of the one o'clock hour, but the Pat McAfee show was on the TV here in the studio, and then all of a sudden, come one o'clock, it wasn't. It's on delay because well, they got to delay out all the Pat's f bombs, and I had to delay one out uh, on an audio clip that we're going to play later on. All all the highlights um, stick around three o'clock during the rush. Um, I, I got like six audio clips from that, but I would say the highlights. He did reveal a uh, tattoo on his thigh. Well, he revealed a upside-down longhorn on his thigh. He didn't say if it was a permanent or a temporary tattoo. So I guess the guessing game uh, continues. I'm going to guess that it's a uh, not a permanent tattoo, but Danny did reveal that. He also revealed something that we already knew, and I think we found this out this week. And this, this was going on back at Clemson. Brent Venables is the uh, scout team uh, quarterback at, at practices. 
He's going against his defense. He knows where he wants to throw the ball and test his defense. So Brent is out there as the scout team quarterback. And according to Danny, uh, he can run around out there and make some plays and, and embarrass some guys. So pretty tough when your uh, head coach is out there throwing the ball uh, around on you. I'm, pro- I'm sure he's probably, uh, you know, very critical about his defense when he's able to make uh, some plays. By the way, we've been corrected on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, it is pounds okay. in Great Britain, not euros. So, Well, the cash I guess he's going to need when he's uh, playing at OU next year. So maybe Baylor got confused as well. <laughs> There's going to need to be some conversion any way you slice it. Uh, no, but he did great on the uh, Pat McAfee show, so you need to catch that later on. It was, it was okay. good. But, but I love uh, that Brent's out there running around making plays at quarterback with the scout team. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. What is he, 52, 53? Uh, right there, but, uh, but apparently he gets up at 5 a.m. to run stadium steps. Okay. And he's still very capable as, a, as an athlete out there. That's... But Stutzman did joke that he's in the training room as much as uh, any of the players that are on the roster. Really? Because of the age that you were just talking about there. <laughs> it's a man's man right there. Uh, Respect. Back to Cruton. And we've talked about this for two weeks now. But the pursuit of Bryant-Wesco continues to not be over for uh, Emmett Jones in 2024. And still probably a situation where we won't know two, three, even the day before if he were to show up for an official visit to Norman. It's, it's something that we could be talking about after, but there won't be some big announcement if Bryant Wesco makes it to Norman at some point. But is that, is that like what we're waiting on next? Yeah. He's, and got, he's got to make it to Norman for a visit for it to feel real. Yeah, and it's not – obviously Emmett Jones is the one running point from the Oklahoma end, but Wesco – has and has had a very strong relationship with Michael Hawkins as well. And Hawkins has been in his ear about what they're building at Oklahoma, what Oklahoma has done thus far in the 2023 season, and also what Hawkins has done thus far in the 2023 season. We talked about it uh, last Friday, Tyler. 25 touchdowns, zero interceptions. crazy, man. To this point in his senior year for Michael Hawkins. So with him being Oklahoma's quarterback the future – uh, well, presumably, he obviously got Brendan Zerbrug in the mix in 2024 too, and Kevin Sperry coming behind him in 2025. But with all that Michael Hawkins is doing, uh, with the potential that he will have to get on the field immediately next year as a true freshman in a Jackson Arnold esque type of role, specialized package plays, uh, he's super eager. You know, when his day presumably comes to be to uh, inherit the starting job at Oklahoma. Hawkins would love to have a guy like Bryant Wesco to throw the ball to. Yeah. And he's obviously everyone is thrilled with Oklahoma's Hall of Whiteouts thus far in the 2024 cycle. But you tack a guy like Wesco onto the pile, no complaints to be had. No. And, and we always get the, the question after, well, who's going to – would you get a decommit? Who would decommit if Wesco commits to the class? And I, I maybe, but honestly – if that's the price for getting another five-star in this class, who cares, right? Uh-huh. Uh, at least one service has him ranked as the number one player in the state of Texas. If someone decommits because of that, they'll be a good player leaving, but <laughs> not going to be Bryant Wesco's level. Let me, I'll take the trade-off if it comes to that. Yeah, let me ask it this way. Is there a single wide receiver in Oklahoma's class that you wouldn't trade straight up for Bryant Wesco? No. No, there, and, and, and there is I an like, argument to be made. I like for Zion the class. Curry. That's yeah. about it. 
It, yeah, there, there, there's the argument there. And I like the class top to bottom. But again, like he's ranked by one service as the best player in the state of Texas. He's a five-star receiver. You, you take that all day long, man. You take that all day long. Uh, yes, some of you are texting this in. Jimmy Greenbeans is what he was referred to as, or what he called himself at Clemson when he was the scout team quarterback. That did. I, I asked him that um, at the uh, co- uh, coaches, was it the uh, caravan there at the Omni in OKC because they had their camp coming up. Oh, yeah. I was like, uh, Jimmy Greenbeans going to be out there? He's like, you know it. You know it. So he's still out there playing QB. Love it. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, more Cruton, more OU football next right here on The Ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick, GMC, and El Reno bringing you this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Dorsey Jones is family operated. They sell Buicks and GMCs, which are some of the best trucks and SUVs on the road. They pride themselves on having the best service technicians and friendly service advisors that put your needs first. They also have half-price oil changes on Saturday. Go check out Dorsey Jones, Buick, GMC, and El Reno. Story out on Rivals right now. Interesting one. Uh, for the Big 12, five big questions for the Big 12 for the 2024 cycle. Now, they're putting OU in this one. OU also appears on the five big questions uh, for the SEC 2024 cycle as well. I'll run down the top five, all right? Uh, Number five, will UCF finish with the top five recruiting class? Number four, how does Dave Aranda's job security impact Baylor? Number three, how many visits will Texas Tech commit Micah Hudson take? Number two, can Texas hold off Missouri for five-star wide receiver Ryan Wingo? And at number one, the most pressing question for Big 12 recruiting in 2024, according to Rivals, will Oklahoma flip five-star defensive end Williams Winery from Missouri? Well, well, well. How about that? It is the most pressing. I mean, that or Ryan Wingo have got to be the two most pressing questions at this point. Yeah, easily. Gosh, a Texas-Missouri battle for a five-star wide receiver. Who would have thought? But no, man, if you're Oklahoma and you're trying to build back better for the SEC because, yeah, this defense is strong in 2023, but you're going to lose pieces. You're going to lose Woody Washington. Uh, I'm trying to think who else won't be coming back. You're going to have to replace some interior defensive linemen. You got some draft-eligible um, guys, obviously. You, you're going to happens there. may have to sweat it out with guys like Billy Bowman and Danny Stutzman as to whether they return. So – you're going to need to buttress your existing depth this offseason. And you can do that via the transfer portal. But when you have the opportunity to go get a true day one impact guy like Williams Winery, that, it, for so many reasons, is superior to scrounging the transfer portal. And every so often in the portal, you're going to find a guy who's more than worth his salt, a guy like Rondell Bothroyd that can come in and start and play a bunch right away and he's not just a rotational cog but he's one of your best 11 defensively but that's not the norm it's generally not the caliber of player you're going to find in the transfer portal at least not the type of player that is going to look at Oklahoma in the transfer portal because more often than not those guys are going to get in the portal looking for money let me ask you this like the fact that they put flipping Williams Winery as the number one biggest like storyline or question that seems to me, and I know that people around here that follow it quite a bit may not be all that surprised, but that kind of tells me from a national perspective, Parker, 
that whoever actually wrote that story, I don't know if it was, uh, it was Cole Patterson, National Recruiting Analyst for Rivals. Cole Patterson and some of the guys that he works closely with thinks it's at least a decent possibility that that could happen. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that you put that as the most pressing question left in this cycle if you don't think that there is a, at least a decent chance that that can happen. You put it further down the list or not on there at all. Yeah, that's kind of my thought. That's all the proof you need that it's not just me talking, people. And it's not just me trying to pump sunshine about the possibility of the Sooners flipping one of the top prospects in the entire country. No, it's a very realistic possibility, and the industry understands that it's a very realistic possibility. Here's what they say about uh, what area. Oklahoma's coming off a significant victory over Texas in the Red River rivalry, putting the Sooners in the college football playoff conversation midway point of the season. Brent Venables and company are certainly focused on the remainder of the schedule, but there is no doubt that OU wants that momentum to carry over to the recruiting trail, too, which brings the focus to five-star Williams Winery. He is the nation's top-ranked defender and chose in-state Missouri over OU in a heated recruitment back in August. Despite that public announcement, He's still listening to the Sooners and even wore the team's gloves during a game earlier this year. As OU puts together a potential conference championship season during the second year of the Venables' tenure, you have to wonder if Winery is intrigued about what's going on in Norman. Well, it sounds like he is at least somewhat intrigued, right? Yeah, no, he's intrigued. And you've at least, since that announcement to Missouri happened in August, you put your best foot forward to flip that one, Right. I mean, the way that you've played defense, the fact that you're 6-0, and you set yourself up for a legitimate college football playoff run, that was a very down moment back in August. It sucked. But it feels like you've done everything since then to put, your best, to put yourself in the best situation for a flip. That's kind of how I read into it. And it sounds like, that. yeah, he is, he is intrigued. Yeah, again, I think what has truly made the difference, what has tipped the scales – for Michael Boganowski and Eddie Pierre-Louis, is winning the 6-0 start, the win over Texas. All of that has cemented the reality that Oklahoma is back to being a nationally regarded contender in college football. Is that going to carry the same weight with williams Winery, And in particular, is it going to carry the same weight with williams Winery's family? Because you got to sell the whole Winery crew, not just Will. And that's that might be the toughest aspect of this whole deal for Oklahoma. Yeah, not not saying uh, at least I'm not saying it's going to happen. But uh, uh, again, rivals doesn't put that at number one if they don't think that there's at least a chance. That's just kind of how uh, I read that. Is Sark's vodka reporting that zero percent? It's not going to happen. Give up on it. Sorry, guys. He's not coming, fellas. LOL. Mama's not going to let him leave that money behind. Hate to be the bearer of bad news. Well, rivals is saying there's a chance, but Sark's vodka saying that there's not a chance. How do do we take that? I'll be up at Lee's Summit tomorrow. Mm. So go check in with Winery, Isaiah Mosey, Kamari Moore, all those guys. So we'll see what the intel suggests. By the way, uh, same story but flipped to the SEC. Number five on rivals. Will SEC newcomers Oklahoma and Texas maintain momentum? And this is what I was talking about earlier in the hour. It's, hey, OU's got all this momentum, but so does Texas after that epic win. Now, Texas is in a good spot for a couple of other five stars, at least Ryan Wingo. 
Uh, I just don't think that they come out of that game with the amount of momentum that OU does. However, if they're trying to paint the picture that, uh, that Texas is going to wind up with the top 10 class, I could probably get behind that. Texas is going to wind up with the, with the good class this year. Texas will be all right in this 24 class. Yeah, they'll have a top 10, potentially top 5 class easily. Easily. And they're, they're experiencing the SEC bump, too. As much as Oklahoma is more effective on the recruiting trail with the SEC patch on their jerseys, so, too, is Texas. Uh, 805 from the state of California. Any chance OU can get Arizona decommit Elijah Rushing? We talked about this no. yesterday. Yeah, that's, that's Oregon. I mean, that's, that hasn't happened officially, Elijah Rushing to Oregon, or at least I don't think it has. But um, all of the uh, predictions are in right now. For him to, uh, to to land at Oregon, four six nine. So does the win versus Texas move the needle with Grant Bricks? I don't think the needle is moving anywhere with Grant Bricks. I don't think the needle has moved for three months. I think what it comes down to is that the kid knows what he feels and what he likes about each of the three schools that are finalists for his commitment. And today he's just got to make a decision, man. He's got to make this call. And it hasn't happened yet. I don't know when it'll happen. I just, I, I'm very unconvinced that there is anything that is happening or that could happen that would impact Grant Bricks's feelings about one particular school right now, save for a coach getting fired. Yeah, OU wins a national championship and he's still not committed and it still doesn't affect his overall decision. <laughs> he waits till the second signing period. Oh, no. OU wins the title. Is that what you're telling me? Oh, man. And he's not enrolling till June, so he might drag this thing out until February. I don't think he will, but he could. Uh, will you be going to the Boganowski game in Topeka on Friday? No, I will be going to Logan, Iowa to watch Grand Prix. SEC snob Sarks Vokta sounds like he's hit the bottle early today. Don't be a boomer doomer, dude. No boomer doomers. I didn't think that we get any boomer doomers on anything after uh, you beat Texas. I know, like man. That in epic I'd, fashion. Everybody's on their good vibes right now. Let's keep it rolling, Sarks Vodka. Yeah, no on. need to bring us down. 405 651 3439 is the text line, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, maybe we need to look into the running back situation moving forward. Not so much about Tawi Walker and Marcus Major, but what's, uh, what's the future of Barnes and Sawchuck in terms of this year? Will they be factors at some point this year? What's the current situation? We'll talk about that next right here on The Ref. Final segment locked in with McComas and Thune. We're inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studio on this Wednesday. OU in a good spot right now, both in recruiting and on the field as well. But, you know, still some question marks with this team that they need to get figured out moving forward. Special teams, an obvious one, but... Running back, you know, and just running game as a whole, it was good on Saturday. Is it going to be good enough moving forward to get you to a college football playoff? Yeah. Tawi Walker and Marcus Majors are your guys here moving forward. I mean, Tawi's got, what, 53 carries on the year. Majors got 60. And the way that Tawi played in the OU-Texas game, you know, he's just got the most trust out of anybody sure. that they have right now. But this was just supposed to be the Barnes-Sawchuck show, man. And we're halfway through the regular season. Barnes has 28 carries, and Sawchuck has just 18. It feels like Barnes is still a little banged up. Not sure what's going on with Sawchuck. Like, how are we? How are we supposed to view those two guys moving forward and what their availability might be these next six games? I don't know, man. But as as I consider 
the landscape of college football and Oklahoma's chances to make a title run, it does feel to me like this is going to be the one thing that has the potential to hold him back. Because Tawi Walker has been outstanding, and I don't want to take anything away from him. He has been an answer for Oklahoma when there otherwise might not have been one. But I feel like you've got to have a home run threat out yep, of the backfield. I agree with that's that. not what Tawi is. That's not what Tawi is, and that's fine. Like He's excellent at his game. He's bouncy. First tackler is never going to bring him down, and in some cases it'll take a whole crew to bring him down. But he's not going to run away from anybody. And I feel like to put this team over the edge offensively, they are going to need a healthy Gavin Sawchuk or a healthy Javante Barnes, either or, somebody that can be that guy in the offense that every time he touches the ball and he gets some space, he's got the potential to rip one off for 30, 40 yards or even a house call. Because I think the longest run by a running back this year is Tawee with a 30-yard run. The longest run that the entire team has had, Dylan Gabriel of 44 yards. He had the longest run last year, and he's got the longest run again this year. So the quarterback run game can help out their their running game, sure, but is Gabriel going to have 100 yards every game from here on out? No, he's not. And and do you necessarily want to have to run him as many times as you did Saturday? Probably not. I mean, you want to have a run game that has some explosive players there. And Tawi Walker, man, he's given you everything that he's had, and I think even a little bit more. He's he's a good running back, but they need a they need a big play guy. And if they have a big play guy, it's the two running backs that we just haven't seen this year. So I think they got called out what last week for maybe how well they haven't practiced. But one of those two guys has got to emerge, man. I just it, it just doesn't feel like either one of them are necessarily close to doing that. I mean, what, Salchuk had one run on Saturday for, I think it was a loss, negative one yards. When's the last time we saw Barnes in a game? He, let's think here, he did not play against Cincinnati. Was he, it the Tulsa game, it, last time we saw him? It probably was the Tulsa game, cause he, so he didn't play against Cincinnati. He didn't play in Oklahoma's last home game against Iowa State, and he didn't play in the Red River Showdown. So it's been since... The Tulsa game that we have seen Javante Barnes at uh, all. EJ from Louisiana. Will Caden Green fix the run game issues to open up more lanes? I think he can help. I, I don't think that Caden Green single-handedly fixes the run game issues. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think the point is, EJ, what we're talking about here. Like, I, I feel comfortable moving forward with Caden Green at one of those starting guard spots, and I think that's exactly where he's going to be when OU plays UCF. But the running backs, they, they got to hold up their end of the bargain as well. And I just don't think all of the run game, I know all the run game hasn't been on the offensive line. Running back's got to pick up the uh, slack a little bit. That's, that's kind of where I'm at. Reese in San Antonio says, is Barnes possibly going to redshirt? I don't think that they want that to happen. He's played in three games, so you would have to see him no more than once for the remainder of the season. And in an ideal world, I, I don't think you redshirt Javante Barnes. Because, again, I think you're going to need him. Somewhere down the line. It, and I've, I've given up on trying to understand what's going on with that running back room. I've given up on trying to understand what the timeline is where we're going to see Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk actually deployed like workhorses. But in the meantime, man, I, I, everybody ought to tip their cap to Tawi Walker because yep. DeMarco Murray and Jeff Levy and Brent Venables, they have their reasons, whatever they may be, for keeping Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk off the field. 
And in the absence of those two, you need somebody to step up. You have needed somebody to step up. That has been Tawi Walker, and he's been exceptional. You know what you can't complain about with the run game? What's is that? their short yardage situations. Like around the goal line on Saturday, especially with Tawi Walker in the game, I think they've been pretty money in those spots the past two to three weeks. Maybe even uh, a little further out than that. Tawi's a hammer, man. Like, I love his game. And I think he's such a throwback. Like He's such an old-school runner that it's almost like the way he runs is a lost art in today's college football game. And so it's fun for me to see him succeeding, even if that comes at the expense of Barnes and Sawchuck getting good runs. It's fun to see him doing what he's doing, especially as a walk-on, knowing his background, knowing what an arduous route he took to Oklahoma. You feel good for the guy, and you tip your cap to him for what he's been able to accomplish in the ground game for Oklahoma thus far this season. Sam and Edmonds says, Barnes' foot is not healthy. Wouldn't surprise me if he redshirts. 405. Uh, This is from Boomer Brock. Y'all need to accept that Walker and Major are just better than Barnes and Sawchuck this year. It's halfway through the season. They're not all of a sudden going to emerge. They're not explosive or consistent for whatever reason. Hey, I, I have accepted who the two best running backs are right now. And who the two best, who the two running backs will be when they play UCF. I'm just wondering if Saltchuck and Barnes are going to be able to help you out in any way throughout the remainder of the regular season. That is uh, yet to be seen. Just wild though, man. Like what we thought about running backs. I know. It's been really about the offense has been to- totally turned upside down. Completely backwards. I think the offensive line has made some nice strides, though, the past couple of weeks. Would you agree with that? They sure have. They sure have. Getting Caden Green better, in the mix man. and him dominating certainly helps. The Rush coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.